us. Good evening. Welcome to the 12th Man Podcast. Um, usually it'd be our end of season one, but um, at the end of the regular season, we've got a big preview of company night. Um, we'll go through all that. We'll go through the, the three that made it, our opponents from the weekend, Luton Town and the Great Unwashed. Um, you've got me, Steve Jackson, now in the main chair um, to bring you this uh, this fun hour. This is going to be good. Um, this is John Donovan's with me, as usual. Evening, John Dan. Now then, boys, are you all OK? No. No. <laughs> Nerves hit me already, but, you know, we're ready. Um, you got your comedy ticket? I did, yes, thank you. Good, good. Me too. Um, I think we're very excited. Um, got Mr. John Cutler with me. Evening, Cuts. Hello, fellas. Are we all right? Yeah, I'm good. You got your yeah, all good, ticket? John. What's up, mate? You got your comedy ticket? Indeed, indeed, I have, mate. Yeah, you know. Uh, it's going to be a messy one on Sunday. Uh, and our favourite, Geordie, for a, a grand total of two weeks. I'm sorry, but if he texts us up, Jiggle, your crown's off. Go. <laughs> Steve Dixon's with us. Give and Dicko. Good evening. Great to be back, lads. Hi. Good to be back. Enjoy your break. Had a great time in uh, Austria and Germany visiting big Middlesbrough fan, my daughter Sophie. Um, very proud of her. Studying studying languages across there. Um, fantastic trip. Visited by Munich Stadium for my football fix and had the pleasure of listening to last week's podcast in which... I listened to an hour of disagreeing with Mr. John Cutler. In fact, it was that bad. John had to check in him. <laughs> that, make, that makes a change. I mean, you disagreeing, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but Satan grieves you back this week, folks. So enjoy. Are you sure? <laughs> let this let this last out next hour commence. Wait till I get started on the right back. There we go. There you go. We're international now. So, yes, coming up tonight, we've got Coventry. Review, Coventry preview. Bit weird saying that. Playoff preview. Um, I want to talk about the allocation as well that um we have to adhere to. I'm not a fan of, but what to adhere to it. And yeah, we'll bring it everything to do with the playoffs. Put the stats I've got in there as well, and yeah, we'll rip the playoff book open and uh and dissect it and give you every bit of information you'll need for the next couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, welcome to the roller coaster. How are we doing, boys? All right? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Good. Well, good. Good. Right. John Don, last game of the season yesterday, game 46. We had a lot of talk last week. What teams do we go with? Cuts way to put out the uh, the under-14s. We were a bit, you know, let's, let's give the, you know, the senior guys have, you know, a bit of a run out, a bit of a freshener up. How happy were you to see that we pretty much, barring obviously injuries that we had, we went full strength yesterday? Yeah, yeah, it was a strong team, um, I was, which I was pleased about. Um, I, I think last week we spoke that, I spoke that I didn't want to see wholesale changes. Um, and and I, I thought overall, um we we done okay. I don't think we we were ever at our uh, peak in the game. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a good exercise. We con we con we controlled ourselves, uh, and 
especially second half, we we sort of controlled the game. Uh, I think Michael Carrick has had a vision um, over the last few weeks um, about how to, shall we say, maintain the bulk of his squad um, with a bit of match sharpness. And it, it's worked out okay. Uh, I know we've still got a couple of lads out injured, but uh, keep your fingers crossed that some some of them can come back. But but overall, um, he's managed it quite well, and and I think he's got, uh, I think he's got a tactic for the playoff legs, um, and you could see that a little bit in the second half because he was trying different things, mm-hmm. asking questions in different areas of the pitch, um, of Coventry, I think he was just shall we say, completing his dossier on them. He, he, he knows what they're all about now, so I'm quite hopeful for the playoffs. I mean, you've, you've answered my question there, because my next question was going to be, do you think he used it as an exercise to like eye up his opponent coming up, you know, a bit like, a bit like a boxing match where you, you sit, you know, where your next opponent sits at the um, ringside and has a good look and sees what's in front of him, what's coming up. I felt like that's what the second half was about. We didn't really get out of second gear for me. Um, I thought we finished the better. Um, I thought Coventry looked a bit leggy towards the end, like they put a lot of effort into the first half because um, they did play well in the first half. I'll give them that because, um, I mean, we've got their goal in a minute. But um, that's how I felt it was. I felt Michael Carrick, like you said there, was, was just eyeing them up and seeing where they're strong, where they're weak, where we can control them, where we need to improve. And I felt in 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 all... We were probably the better, you know, happier team walking off the pitch after that after that ninety minutes. Yeah, I mean, don't forget, obviously, Coventry had a had something to do in the game. They couldn't have come here hoping that uh, a draw would be the outcome because they only needed the point. But you know, they, they were wanting to make sure that they got that point or possibly three. So they had something on the game. Hence, why. Uh, their fans were, you know, fairly uh, fairly noisy because it, it was it was a big game for them. They could have easily missed out on their playoff spot. Um, but but for us and for for Michael Carrick, it, it was yeah. I, I do think it was um, it, it was a game in which he could have a, a closer look at Coventry. He, he'll have obviously. Had um, had videos, watched them, watched their weaknesses, their strengths, but this was looking at them on the pitch, uh, and he did at times. He did at times change change things to 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 probe in different areas, and I just think he was he was looking at Coventry, just to see see where the chinks were in there, the chinks in the armor in their uh, team, and you know I I, I think. I think he's now quite comfortable uh, in what we need to do in the playoffs. Absolutely, yeah. First one of the night, completely agree with that. Um, but you made a very strong argument to play the youth side. Um, one, what did you make of the team when you saw it? And two, are you in agreement with us that us using this as a bit of an exercise to eye up our future playoff opponents, do you think that'll help us going into the playoffs? Yeah, well, you know my views on the team. I didn't go as far as what you claim, of playing the under-14s. But <laughs> certainly, 
There's certainly a, there's certainly a few of them players that I wouldn't have played yesterday. <laughs> luckily, John, we got, you took luckily, your boots to the match, John. <laughs> what? You took your boots to the match. Look, luckily, we didn't get any red cards. That's all I'm saying. Otherwise, it would have been a completely not as calm John Cutler tonight as what you're about to witness. The game itself, I thought, from our point of view, it was a bit of a it was a bit like a friendly for me. I thought I didn't think we got anywhere above seventy percent. And the big thing that came out of the game for me was the way that they celebrated on the pitch at the end, as if they had actually won the playoffs. If I'm in that management team, hopefully they've took a video of that, and I would be playing that. Then players look at these, what they think about. They're going to be playing you. Fair enough, they made the playoffs, but you'd have thought they'd have won the playoffs and been promoted the way they were celebrating. Karma is a lovely thing in football. And I hope that a week on Wednesday, they're off crying their hearts out and we're celebrating. John, we did done exactly the same thing. Come on. You, you, can, you can't say... John, I can understand the fans doing it. The players were jumping around on that pitch as if they'd been promoted. Yeah, because it was 90 minutes in which they could have, they could have missed out. So it was probably a bit of relief, probably a bit of... Um, excitement for the for the um, the playoff games ahead. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't agree with that. I mean, sorry, that's a first disagreement we're having tonight. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, listen, it's like it's like winning a semi final. If, if you play local football, if you win a semi final, you celebrate like hell. Doesn't mean you say you've won the cup, but you still celebrate. It's just part of part of your psyche, isn't it? You know, you you're happy to reach the final, and and they were happy to reach the playoffs. If that had been us, look how calm Michael Carrick is. He would not have had them players on that pitch celebrating like that for making the playoffs. No chance. Wait, I'm not having it. We know how calm he is. <laughs> you know, we're all sat there celebrating. We've got a piece of beautiful steak in front of us. And he's like, that's a bit gruff. And you're like, you're all right, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's the calmest person in the world. He's like, how he comes across. But yeah, I've got no issues with him celebrating the way they did. Um Still think you thought the under four teams were going to play, but anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dicko, I'll bring you in. Um, firstly, what did you make of the team? Um, because obviously we didn't get your views last week on the big debate that that um cuts and everybody else had. Um, were, were you pro youth team or were you on the side <laughs> of bringing in the uh, the experience and giving them the legs and the minutes that they needed? I was in the team of, we need to be fairly strong, but I wouldn't have risked anybody that was any any shape or form at a risk for injury or anything like that. And I think that's what, I think that's what we did. I think the team we picked was like that. Uh, you know, Johnny Housen, who's obviously carrying a knock, wasn't in the squad. And, you know, let's hope he'll be, he'll be back for the playoffs. I think he probably will. Marcus Force, I think people expected to be back in the squad, wasn't risked. Which was good, and we went fairly fairly strong with what we could do. We, we, we took um, Cameron Archer off when we could rest him, which was which was the right thing to do. And I thought it was a pretty good afternoon for Middlesbrough because, like like John Donovan saying there, they were actually they had something on the game. They needed to win or get a point at least. You know, it was a big game for them. They come with a big support, and, and, and Middlesbrough didn't have a lot on it other than trying to keep. Keep uh, you know a fit a fit squad for the playoffs, and I thought 
Middlesbrough supporters and Middlesbrough's team were about 70% at it, both on and off the pitch, nice and calm. Um, but it was no no injuries, no sendings off. Good afternoon, we didn't get beat. And I, I thought also in the second half that Middlesbrough were the better side. I think we had 73% possession in the game. Coventry, really, other than saved by Stefan first half and the goal that they scored, never really mustered another chance in the game for me. And I thought if that's the best they've got to, to bring to the table with a full strength 11, it, it, it bodes quite well for Middlesbrough going into the playoffs because I think we can only raise our our levels both on and off the pitch and also hopefully a couple of players coming back from injury. So I thought it was a pretty good afternoon for Middlesbrough. And to, obviously you've heard the other two's opinions on the team. What did you think of obviously the performance itself? The performance itself was like 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 the like the lads have said, it was a bit like a pre-season friendly for me. You could see players weren't going to throw themselves at the challenges, they weren't going to take risks, which was the right thing to do. And I, I thought Coventry had the better of the first half. And then second half, I thought Middlesbrough were really comfortable and controlled the game. Well, I Coventry were a little bit spooked that the fact that if Middlesbrough could have nicked the, nicked the win, they might have dropped out the playoffs. And they, 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 they sort of settled back and, and were happy to take a point as well because it was enough for them. Maybe that come into the play as well. But, you know, when you, when you look at uh, their main striker, Victor Gorgarez, who up there with Chubas, the best striker in the league, I thought Paddy McNair and Daryl Ennehan, you know, I thought they fared pretty well against them and kept them fairly quiet and under wraps and, I thought that was another plus going into the playoffs. I'm sure Lenihan and, and uh, you know, they, they took a lot of confidence from that. that. I think they'll think we can deal with this fella. I thought, as I say, I thought it was a good afternoon for Middlesbrough and a good afternoon for the back the back four, especially in Paddy McNair and Lenihan. Go on, keep going with the back four. Well, I'll elaborate on that. Talk to me about the first goal. Tell me about Coventry's goal. Right, well, I, I, I don't want to get hard with this brush that I'm, I'm against uh, Tommy Smith. You, you know, I, I make me opinions on here very clear how I think. And it's a big buff. Well, it, it, it's not really. Tommy Smith has been a good signing and he, he gives 110% of Middlesbrough every game and I've got nothing against the, against the fella. But to me, going into the playoffs, there's a choice to be made by Michael Carrick. And the choice is, does he go with Anthony Dijkstale or does he go with Tommy Smith? And in my opinion, I think that Anthony Dijkstale is a better player than Tommy Smith in the Middlesbrough side, the way we play. I think it, I think down the right-hand side, Lincoln, whether, whether it's with Isaiah Jones, who he's already got a relationship with and plays well with Isaiah Jones, or whether it's with Marcus Force, I just happen to, happen to think Dijkstale gives us a little bit more in terms of ability in terms of passing, in terms of pace, recovery. I just happen to think he's a better player. Now, Tommy Smith has done very, very well for us for the majority of the season. But over the last sort of eight, nine games, I think his confidence is suffering a little bit. The mistakes have crept into his game, whether that be Huddersfield away. Recently, he made the mistake at Rotherham when he, again, gave the ball away and the, the broke on when scored. And the same happened again. On Monday, where he, he tried two passes down the right-hand side, both of them were poor passes, and Coventry break on with three against two at the back, and they take full advantage, and we're behind. And I think we can't afford to be giving teams 
goals in, in, in basic mistakes like this, it's going to cost me. And we're going into now huge football matches that are going to shape our future, maybe for the next 10 years. And all I'm saying is, in my opinion, I feel as a supporter, a lot more confident having a Dijkstil in the team than a Tommy Smith at the moment. Now, I'm sure our supporters are split on that, but that's my take. No, no, you're absolutely entitled to your opinion. Um, I mean, for the goal itself, I'd have probably looked at Jars a bit more. Um, I can't forgive a player that stops running. I can't. And he stopped running for that goal, and it was it was very disappointing. Um, but the way, the way we play, when we break on teams with, with, with numbers, mm. we'll have to get our passing right from the back. I'll, I'll get because that. We, we, because we, we gamble a lot, and we, we, we throw bodies forward. So... Like we did against Rotherham and like we did against Coventry, if we have a really bad misplaced pass in the middle of the park, we're left three against two or four against three, and that's what's costing them. We need to be more careful with 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 passing coming out from the back. Not just Tommy Smith. That's whether it's Paddy McNair or Daryl Ennehan or uh, Ryan Giles. They need to be more careful in these games. Well, it unleashes the beast, dear. Go on, cut. He's played. <laughs> Probably ninety percent of the games this season when we've absolutely smashed teams all off, off the park. Some of the best football we've seen all season, and he's been a big part of it. To drop him now for the playoffs for Dykesdale, for me, I don't think I, I would. I wouldn't do it. You know my views on it. I think he's been solid all season. Like you said, yeah, I think certain people, not you, Steve. This isn't about you. Are picking on him for certain goals. I think it's the. T- where we play, if you look at the other side, Giles cuts in near the centre half, which is something Steve picks up on the other side all the time. Mm-hmm. It's the way we play. For me, no chance can you drop Tommy Smith. He's been outstanding this season, in my opinion. I say it week after week. No way would I drop him for Dyke Steele. And I've said it in the past. I like Dyke Steele as a player. If he'd have played the bulk of the season, I wouldn't have put Smith in if Dyke Steele had made the same mistakes. Feel free, Steve. I, I think I agree with the majority of what you're saying, John. And I think Tommy Smith has been very good for the majority of the season. But I think he's got found out. I don't think he's a natural fullback. I think he's he's better playing in a back three as a right-sided centre-half. And that's why he tucks in and gets caught out a lot. And I just happen to think teams now are playing on him as a weak link in Middlesbrough's side. And I don't think it's unfair to say if you're watching Middlesbrough as an opposition supporter and you're looking for chinks in the armour, you would look at Paddy McNair and you'd look at Tommy Smith as possible weaknesses where you think you can get that. And I think Middlesbrough can counteract that now because Dijkstil's got himself back up to fitness. He's come back in the side and been very, very good in the games he's played. He's been really unfortunate to get sent off. It wasn't a sending off. And if he hadn't have been sent off, I think he would have played on, Saturday, on Monday. And if he had played on Monday, he would have probably played in the playoffs. So... I do think it's a, it's a, it, there's a real big decision for Michael Carrick to make coming into the Coventry games because I think he's for the first time Michael Carrick's actually seen actually how good Dyke Steel could possibly be linking up with Isaiah Jones or Marcus Force and it's a real dilemma for him. Don't coach. So just one one quick response to that then. If we play Dyke Steel at Coventry, our, our squad is really strong. They will still target Dykesdale as the weakest link in our squad. He's played understudy to Smith all season. Every team has a weak spot. And if he's our, if he's the weakest player in our squad, I'll take it all day long. 
was like like we've all agreed. I think he's been fantastic this season. If Dyke Steele plays, they'll target Dyke Steele. People talk about him like he's prime Cafu. He's a good player. I like him, but people are going way over the top, in my opinion. Prime Cafu, that's done me. <laughs> I mean, we'll talk. We'll go on to. Um, I will look at the CBS Arena in a little bit. Um, as you see, we've just got a bit of a taste what it's going to be like. Um, could be fun, but let's finish the chat off. Um, Archer got his was it his eleventh of the season for the Borough. JD, he's proven again how invaluable he is to this squad. Yeah, I mean he was. Um... He was in and out with that first half, wasn't he? You know, he didn't really, um, he didn't really see much of the ball. But but from that short corner, that quickly taken corner, um, he, he reacted. Um, I don't know whose shot it was that uh, that he, he himself blocked, but then he he pounced on the rebound, uh, spun and knocked it in the top corner. Oh, that was a great finish, and um, you know, with a player like him. And an Akpom um up front. We, we stand we stand a fantastic chance of, of always getting goals. Um you know, like you said, one one at half time, second half, it just played out really. Um it was a result that suited everybody. I mean but now after after stepping up. As do the fans, to be honest, because we've all sort of, you know, we've been comfortable with our league position and and, mm-hmm. and our and our knowledge that we're we're already secured in fourth place. So I don't think we really turned up yesterday. Um, that the atmosphere for a full house was um, was a bit subdued. You know, I mean, we even found it hard in, in our section of the north stand to to to. to, to Rouse a lot of people. Um, un- unlike games when there's something on it, you know. So, so yeah, I think Borough can can bring their A game, and 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 the fans can do the same over the next two games. And um, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Now that now that all the league games out the way, and and we're into this two legged playoff semi final. I, I can't wait because they're going to be two good games. Um, currently a tough opposition. They're on a decent run. But like I say, I think Carrick has managed our squad fantastically well. We've had, unfortunately, a spate of injuries which nobody could have accounted for. But um, but again, you know, we've got McGree back in. Hopefully we can see... Um, See Force or or Housen return or Ramsey or Fry. I know we won't get all four back. Uh, uh, that's unlikely, but um, it'll just getting them back will just increase our options, increase our squad strength and strength on the bench. Um, and again, you look on Saturday, players off the bench. You know, Balassa, Crooks. You know. W- we're a strong, we're a strong outfit, and I think now is the time we, 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 we step back into gear, as do the fans, and um, and get ourselves to Wembley, hopefully. 
hopefully. Yes, don't jinx it yet. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll go through all that. Um, let's finish this bit, this bit off because you can probably tell we're all dying to get into this post-season part. Um, I'll start with you, John. You, you man of the match for yesterday. You've got to unmute. You're on about this, John, or the other John. You're on about the you other John. Want, if someone give me an answer. Yeah. Oh, God, you go. Yeah, all right. And um, Tommy Smith. Now, I'm only, <laughs> only joking. Uh, for me, I thought I thought the two centre-halves were fantastic. But uh, that save from uh, Zach Steffen in, in the first half was world-class, by the way. But I'll give it to... I think he's had a lot of stick. Some of it... Necessary, some of it a bit unnecessary, but I'm going to go with Paddy. Okay. Um, John Don. Um, I'm giving it to his partner Lenahan. Um, I, I just thought the both coped with uh, Gaiocaris quite well. I mean, he's he's a handful, uh, and he, he's he's quite nippy. You know, I mean, there was times when um, Paddy struggled to keep up with him, but. Um, like John John Cutler said, both centre halves done done well during the game, and, uh, and 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 for me, I thought Lenahan stood out. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with that. I do mind in a minute. Go. I can't disagree with any of that. I, I, I agree with uh, John Cutler. I thought Stefan played well first half, couple of good saves, and I thought. In the midfield, I thought uh, Riley McGree kept were taking over nicely. Able to get a, a busy game without really hitting his top form, but you can see he's getting back in the groove. So that was a positive for me. So that was a good performance by McGree. But like the two Johns have said, the two centre halves were very, very good on on Monday. And I'm going to have a, the first surprise of the night and agree with John Cutler. And I'll go with uh, Paddy McNair. And the reason I'll say that is because I thought Victor Gorgarez, if you watched the game, played on Paddy McNair out the two centre-halves. He tried to bully him. He tried to stay on McNair. And he left Lenahan alone. But I thought Paddy McNair dealt with him really, really well. And, you know, if he can do that over the next 180 minutes against them, I think you might see with Wembley. If if you if can knock it down to two minutes and boot him into the the stands, that'd be beautiful. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm with you on that. I, I'm gonna since you started with cuts, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna side with the Don. I thought I thought Daryl Lenahan was brilliant yesterday. I thought he was absolutely super. He, he was the general we needed in the uh, middle of the park. He um he conducted everything really well. Obviously in the absence of Housen and um yeah, he was a good. Good solid figure in the middle of the park. He um dealt with everything at the back he needed to and um yeah, I've no complaints about um how well I hand played yesterday. But I'd say there was a couple of a couple of big shout outs for yesterday. I thought I say McNair had a really good game. Stefan made some excellent saves. I saved in the first couple of minutes from um was it Gustavo Hamer when he he pings his right arm out, great save that. Um yeah, there was a couple of players that were good, but yeah, Lenahan was the best one for me. So right. 46 games done. Let's talk about this. Let's get stuck into games 47 and 48. Um, I'm going to start with the allocation first before I, get, I pull a little stat up about the four teams that are in it. Um, obviously, John, Don, we got our, we, we're sorted. 
for Coventry, but there's going to be some fans that are going to miss out on this one. They usually give us, is it four, four and a half thousand, I think we've got in October. Do you agree with this limited to 2,000 fans rule that they've got the, the uh, playoffs? Well, obviously, uh, no, because I'd like to see as many Borough fans there uh, as possible. But you can understand um, why why clubs do it. I mean, I, I think at our ground, we we can't really give them any more because if we did, it would it would mean that sort of like the concourses wouldn't be segregated uh, properly. You know, and 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 let's be honest. Um, the the thing at their sort of stadium is that, unless I'm mistaken, they might not be able to open up the extra blocks behind that goal because of uh, what I've spoke to about there the the segregation in the concourse. Yeah, yeah. That might be an that might be a bit of an issue. Um, but whether whether it's police advice, whether it's the club. Um, thinking we'll waive a little bit of um, gate receipts to to cut down the uh, the the amount of support that the away fans bring to give the home team an advantage. I don't know the reason, but I would like I like like you. I would like to see um, that whole allocation behind the goal given to Borough fans, but but it's not. And 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 obviously, there's going to be a lot of Borough fans who want to go who would who were disappointed. Um, but that's not Middlesbrough's fault, unfortunately. You know, um, and it, it's sad to see because, uh, yeah, it, those fans that that travel to most or all away games, they're fortunate enough to have uh, enough points in the bank to to be able to to get their ticket for Coventry quite comfortably. But um, but I, I would still love to see more Borough fans there. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you on that. Um, as I say, they've got the um, the segregation in place if they need to to pull it to the full four and a half thousand. They've done it for us. They've done it for as recent recent as Birmingham that went to the um, the CBS I think last weekend. They say they took a good four thousand up there and they blocked out the whole of the um, the stand behind the goal. I don't know which obviously which stand it is, but um, yeah, it's it's disappointing. Obviously, you know, I'd like to see a lot more of us behind that goal, but yeah, we know we're gonna make we'll make enough noise to, to get that team over the line if they really need it. You know, we've we rest our voices for a couple of weeks now and it's time to give our all again. But um I'm looking forward yeah, to Yeah, I mean yeah, Steve, you're right. Um we we have we have had a, a rest a bit like um Carrick's rested some players and, and, and um we've known where we're going to be. Yeah. Uh so the fans haven't been on top of their game, so to speak. But this is the time on Sunday where 2,000 fans have got to be in unison and have got to be fervent behind the team. Uh, no matter how well how well the match is going, we've got to get behind that team because um, it, we do make a difference. We make a massive difference to how our team perform, and we've got to be we've got to be on top of things. We've got to be on top of our game. Exactly, we have to be. It's um, it's it's yeah, it's it's not, it's not um voluntary. This one, this is mandatory. You know, you've you've got to get behind them boys on on Sunday. You, you know, all two thousand of us. I'm very much looking forward to being that way. But um, 
before I kick into the playoffs, I want to pin a stat out to you. A lot has been made about Coventry, right? Um, you know, their rise from the bottom like we are. Where do you think Coventry were when Michael Carrick took over? Uh, about 17th. Going to guess 17th. Good point. Um, Digger? Were they not one place below Middlesbrough? No? Good point. Cut. I seem to remember that they had a decent start and then fell off. Were they about 7th? Coventry were 8th. Right. That's a surprise. Do you know what I mean? I know they had that start of the season where they couldn't play games at the CBS, but right, there's this big thing going around that Coventry had a bad start like we did and they were down there with, with us and West Brom and Uddersfield and whoever else. Put that myth to bed. They weren't. They were 8th. Cause I'd, I'd, that's, that, that, that's where I was coming from. That's what I'd seen on the internet that they were... Down where Middlesbrough was, so that's where I, that's where I was. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I but, was exactly the same perception as you, mate. Um, go on, go on, go on, go on. That was that that was after that was after um, Wilder was sacked, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had obviously was it five games under Leo? Um, yes, we did. Uh, so, yeah, you... so, and and they they'd played less games than us because of the um, what, what you mentioned there about their pitch. Yeah. Uh, so some of the home games had to be. Uh, had to be rescheduled, but I didn't know that climbed as 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 high as that by the yeah, time yeah. Carrick took over. That's yeah, surprising. Yeah. yeah, um, I've took. I mean, I'll I'll stick it in our group chat that we all have a bit later, so you have a look. I'll put it online as well, so I'll you know listeners in that can have a look as well. Um, I took a screenshot of the table following the game against Preston. So obviously we've got beat at Preston two one. We were twentieth after Preston. Um, then it was, let's say, if you look at the four teams in order, say Coventry were eighth, Luton were 12th, some of them were about 14th, and we were 20th. So, you know, we've made the biggest rise of the lot. Um, and yet, we're the favourites, we're the favourites for the playoffs. And we are now the favourites for the playoffs. I'll, I'll, I'll give that question to you then, to go, are we rightly Are we rightly the favourites for the playoffs? No, I don't think so. And I, I, I say that because. Luton, you know, have been up there challenging a little bit higher than us most of the season and have been up there for a couple of seasons challenging. And after the start we had, we were down in the relegation zone. I think, you know, we've come from nowhere with a a run of form, which has been sensational. And we're rightly in the playoffs and rightly have an opportunity to get to the Premier League. But I think... um, because of the size of the club that Middlesbrough are compared to Luton, we automatically get put as favourites. But I wouldn't say I wouldn't say we were massive favourites any more than any of the other sides in it. I mean, Sunderland are a, are a big club, you know, with huge support, and they've been on a good run. So I you know I think I think the the four teams that are there they are merit, but I don't think there's a, a a massive difference between the four clubs in terms of in terms of quality. Interesting, that one. Interesting. Um, I mean, I mean, let's talk about the other teams. Obviously, I know Luton have only lost is eight games this season. Um, we've we we discussed this before we came on. We've lost the most. We've also won the most. Um, I mean, but then you look at teams like Sunderland who have had that little bit of run to get in the playoffs. They've had to hit some form to get in. 
obviously there was there was what four or five teams to get in. They were one of the lucky ones that got in after the final day. Um, so obviously mishaps for Millwall, Blackburn, uh, West Brom as well. You can include in that. I mean, I don't want to look too far ahead, John Tom, but look look at the other two teams here, Luton and Sunderland. Am I right to think I fear Sunderland more? Yeah, quite possibly. Um, it, it a lot of people talk about momentum, but I don't think it's just momentum on the pitch. I think it's how the fans feel going into the playoffs, and Sunderland fans now will be absolutely cock a hoop that they are in the playoffs. That you know, it, it was an outside bet at the start of Monday, uh, but they made the playoffs. Do you know what? They'll give everything. They'll give everything for Sunderland in, in those two games, uh, and 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 they've got the fans have got the momentum going in there. You know they've they've got the you know the the belief like let's give it everything, see what happens, and and, and that's how that's how we've got to approach that. We we've got to approach the game. Our fans have got to go there, just like we did against Brentford, um, and. And really, really back our team um, through hell and high water. You know, just give them everything. Even even if we should go behind uh, at the CBS Arena, we still need to stay with the team, get behind them, because that's what that's what the likes of Sunderland and Coventry fans will. Because, like I say, they they only guaranteed their playoff place on the last day, so they'll be cock a hoop. They'll be up for it. And we've got to get back to our best as fans and really get behind them. No, no you're absolutely right. It's um, yeah, it's it's a time where everybody's got to turn up. There's no there's no hiding place. It's what the playoffs is about. It's a, it's the greatest thing to watch if you're not involved, except if you're John Cutler because he's sticking his hand up. Because I know he's looking forward to this so much. Um, you know, what's your feelings going into this cut? <laughs> Well, if you remember, about five weeks ago, we had Craig on the podcast, Craig Johnson from the Gazette, yeah. and we sort of tried to predict who would get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I said to you back then, I think I was the only one at the time that said Sunderland would get in and that we'd play him in the final at Wembley. Luton have had a fantastic season. Eight defeats in 46 games is some record. But I think, I think, like, I think John mentioned it last week, that he didn't particularly want Sunderland over two legs because of the away game. That atmosphere at the stadium, like when they play Luton, could overwhelm some of them players. I think Sunderland will turn Luton over. I genuinely do. I think the atmosphere will be huge. And a bit earlier when you mentioned about are we rightly favourites for the playoffs? Okay, Luton have had a slightly better season than us. And it might be rose-tinted glasses here, but I would not swap our squad for any other squad in that playoffs. No chance. And that, I think that's why we're the favourites. I don't think it's about size of club or anything. I think it's about the strength of the squad we have. We've said it for weeks that coming off the bench, we've got quality. I, I, honestly, I think that's why we're playoff play favourites. And I think rightfully so. And what I said, the like say, five weeks ago about was beating. You can talk about me getting ahead of myself, but I said it five weeks ago. May the 27th, I think I said at the time, 4-1 at Wembley. It's going to be up there with the Carling Cup final, boys. Believe it's going to happen. John, I don't think anybody could 
accuse you of uh, wearing rose-tinted glasses. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a rose-tinted face mask on. <laughs> oh God, I can't wait for his when we do a full prediction of the playoffs in a little bit. I can't wait for his um his his result generator to kick into gear because that could be funny. Uh, yeah, Medna Everage's glasses red and white wouldn't be as big as John's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, the thought of May twenty seventh against the Mackens. Oh God, it makes you sick. But um, like where, where you said those three about that you're nervous about it and you dread mm-hmm. the play. I, I cannot wait. Sunday can't come soon enough. And you've just been talking about atmospheres. Next Wednesday at the Riverside, that stadium's going to be on fire. I know it and you know it, really. It's going to be on I'd fire. I'd rather it wasn't be on fire. I mean, you know, let's, let's put that out first. You know what I mean? It's going to be electric. It's going to yeah, be inti- yeah. very, very, very intimidating. Yeah. We all, yeah. we all know that stadium will be bouncing next Wednesday. Has to be. Has to be. Diggo? Just on just on that about the fans bouncing, I agree to a certain extent that Middlesbrough supporters have been waiting for this opportunity to have something on the game because it's felt like pre-season friendlies the last few weeks and we've been waiting for this opportunity to show how good we are as supporters and be passionate at the Riverside Stadium. However, before we play against Coventry at the Riverside Stadium, we've got to get the job done first at Coventry because it's no good us getting beat down at Coventry in emphatic fashion 2-3-0 because that will totally change the dynamics of the supporters coming to the Riverside. We need to get the result at Coventry, whether it's a draw or a nick a win, and keep us in the game so when we do come back to the Riverside, it's like what John Don said, it's like the Brentford game, where it's a cauldron, it's intimidating, and it's loud. And if it's that way, I've got no doubt we'll, Coventry will get the surprise of the lives and we'll turn them over. But the, the hard part and the most difficult part is, let's go to Coventry, Supporters and players, dig in, and let's get a result down there first. Well, there you go. We might get big two or three nil. I'm glad you put that with a nice little sharpener on it. Uh, <laughs> um, no, you're absolutely right. We have to get that job done first on Sunday, and then you know that's that's where we'll we'll start. Um, I'll start with you, Lindy. Oh, you know, obviously you you said you made the big call at right back, bringing in. Um, Anthony Dyke steal for um, Tommy Smith. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, big bully. Um, but is there any other changes that you'd make to that to that team? You know, you know, there's obviously the potential of players maybe coming back in. We don't know. Obviously, keeping our cards close to our chest. What What would you do if you were Michael Carrick? You, I mean, you're, you're from Wall's End. You might as well be him. Well, as I say, Dyke steal would be in for me right back. And obviously the captain Johnny Housen, if he's fit and makes the game, would be a certain starter for me to come back in. Yeah. For Alex Mort, who's done very well by the way, but I would bring Housen back in. Um, Marcus Force, if he's available, it will be a straight choice between him and Isaiah Jones. Whether he starts or comes on at half time, that would be a, that would be a massive boost. Um, I can't see Dale Fry, who's been out for two months, making it, and I can't see Ramsey making the game to be honest, but let's hope to do. Um, but certainly Housen, Force and Dijksteel would come into my 11 and go with what go with what we had on Monday. Um, and I think if we, if we do get that team on the pitch at Coventry, I think that's more than good enough to come away with a result. So if that if that does happen, I think Middlesbrough will nick it 2-1. I really do. I think we can go down there. I think Coventry 
on hugely a team that scores a, a lot of goals. Middlesbrough, when we've had Force and Akpom and McGree and Archer on the pitches of four, they've done well away from home. We've killed teams. How many times have we went away from home in 1 3 1? You know, so playoffs are always tight, but I, I, I would take that Middlesbrough side and go there and get the job done. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, I got nervous again. Wow. Well, uh... <laughs> Yeah, the thought of winning away from home. That's what we want. It's it's it's, it's the perfect scenario, isn't it? But uh, there you go. There's there's Gecko's changes. John Dom, what changes would you make for Sunday? Um, two out of the three that Dicko mentioned, if the players were fit, uh, obviously, if if um, if House is fit, mm-hmm. put him in midfield. Um, need to sort of close him down. Um. And if force is fit, a straight swap for Isaiah Jones. And and I agree with Dicko if we had if we had a front four um of of Archer, Akpom, um, McGree and Force, it'll give them a hell of a lot to think about. Um and we, we we'll have um Hackney and, and Housen able to control him and and the other midfield guys. I think uh, I think they're the changes I would make. I'd I'd leave Tommy Smith in personally. I don't want to get into this spat between uh Saint <laughs> and Greasy there. No no we'll let them two have a little spat in a minute. You gonna give us a prediction for the, the first leg? Um one one. Okay. Usually I'm like oh, one one a, a draw or yeah, a, a draw going into the, the the second leg would really sort of it would really have uh, the Riverside sparking with 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 anticipation. You know, it'd be fantastic. Wow. Yeah. No. Usually, I'm like, oh god, draw. But yeah, I think a draw would be uh, a great result. We get it. But um, I'll let you know what I think in a minute. Um, but go on then. Make your argument for Tommy Smith. Oh, for Anthony Dyke still. Upset your friend there. Well, 46 games worth of solid football. I would just like to say, the last, time Steve, the, last time, the last time Steve said that one of the teams doesn't score goals, it was Huddersfield and scored four past us. <laughs> <laughs> for me. Uh, by, the way, by the way, I'm pleased you're not a lawyer because you, that was your defence of Tommy Smith. It wasn't great, was it? Oh, gloves are off. Here we go. Don't need the gloves off. Michael Carrick agrees with me, and he will on Sunday. Um, <laughs> for me, Housen comes in, force starts, and this is going to be a controversial opinion. And you, I know you won't agree with it. For Coventry away on Sunday, I play Mowat instead of Hayden Hackney. Ooh. I, 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 I wouldn't can't agree with that to be honest Yeah, I, I can't believe what you're saying Hayden Hackney's been you've just made a, well a poor defence for Tommy Smith saying that he deserves to play because he's played 46 <laughs> games this season and then you've come in again by saying you don't want to play Hayden Hackney who's been arguably one of our top three players all season, and you're just going to drop him for the playoffs for Alex Wood. Young player of the year. Uh, I'll give you my reasons behind it. 
Please do. I hope it's, I, I hope it's better than the Tommy Smith reasons. You can go on about Tommy Smith till the cows come on, mate. But with Mowat, for me, he keeps the ball really well. I think defensively he's a little bit better. It's an away game that we need to keep tight. That Hamer looked really good on Saturday. Really good. Really uh, Monday, really good for me. Uh, I would, I'm like John, I'd totally take a draw all day long. I, I would quite possibly put Mowat in that team for Hackney. Hackney's been outstanding this year, by the way. I just think it's horses for courses. It's a game we can't really afford to lose. I'd take a draw, and I'm sure Carrick would take a draw. But for the home game, Hackney starts, by the way. Oh, you don't have to put your hand up, Dicko. Go on. So, Middlesbrough's strength this season, John, has been what? Scoring goals. Right. So what you're going to do is rip up the way we've played since Michael Carrick came to the club. For the biggest game we've played in years, and go defensive and put Mode in ahead of Hayden Hackney, our young player of the year. And we're going to go defensive and try and nick a nil-nil or a one-one when we've played attacking football all season on the Carrick and had yeah. the fans up jumping off the seats with our attacking prowess. We're going to go defensive the Coventry. Well, so Bacon Mowat in for Hackney makes us a defensive team, does it? Well, that's your reasoning. You want would it be more defensive? I did, I did, I did. I would say he's a more defensive player, but he's not defensive. He's created well, goals. He's created goals for us in the last few games that he's played. Remind us all how many goals Hackney scored this season, Steve, for such an attacking player. Probably three more than Wood. He's played. He's played ninety percent more games than him as well. It's, just, it's all about opinions. I totally get your opinion. I told you it'd be controversial, but I'm standing by it. I'm not going to get bullied into changing my mind off a of Jordy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bullying you. I'm just trying to find out your logic because I've now listened to a podcast and a half and I kind of agree with you on anything, yeah. So uh, all I'm saying is, why would we rip up the way we play to accommodate Alex Moore? Hayden Hackney has been one of Middlesbrough's star players all season. Great. That's almost like saying, well, we'll take out Tubarakpom and put five in midfield because we want to draw. So why don't we just stick Alex Moore in alongside Hackney and Housen and just play one front because we're trying to get a draw? That's not the way we play. Middlesbrough have been successful under Michael Carrick playing attacking football and panicking teams and terrifying teams with our front four and our expansive attacking football. Why would we now change it in the biggest game of the season? It makes no sense to me that, but I, uh, you know, I respect your opinion. So just with the greatest Jackson. respect, yeah. Steve Jackson, respect, just me, just me and you go on mute. Let these two argue <laughs> for the next half hour. <laughs> with, the greatest, with the greatest respect, I've disagreed with quite a lot you've said over the season, Steve. But putting Mowat in for Hackney is nothing like taking a twenty-nine goal striker out of the forward line. Fair play. No, okay. I respect the opinion. I just don't agree with it. I don't, I th- to be honest, I think, I think that 99% what, what? of Borough fans won't agree with it. But I think they might see where I'm coming from. What? It wouldn't surprise me, to be honest. I don't, well, well, why don't we ask them? Because we've got two others on the on the podcast, in John and Steve. So we'll ask the two Borough fans what they think. Steve's well, already said he can see my opinion. I, 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 give, I give you my... my... My preferred starting lineup, and it, and it was um, it was with Hackney in it. So, 
Um, yeah, I, I would I would leave Hackney in for the Coventry games. Uh, yeah, sorry, cuts. I know we're going to be I know we're going to be sharing quite a few beers on Sunday, but I'm leaving I'm leaving Hayden in for for Sunday. Um, go and fire back at me. No, there's no firing back. I'll just give you my prediction. Yeah, please do. It'll be a one-one, and Mount will score a worldie of a free kick. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's oh, yeah, nice, please. Right, yeah, I suppose it's a good bad prediction, isn't that? Um, it'll bring. I think it'll it'll, it'll bring in players you can. Uh, maybe you know, maybe House and maybe you know, you can't see Fry coming back. Um, can't see Ramsey coming back. Probably just housing in for me. Um, leave Tommy Smith in. Um, leave Jones. I think Jones probably deserves an hour against Coventry. They look terrified when you start when you got going with his pace. Um, I wonder. Didn't do a lot with it, but you know the pace was there. His little his little scrap with uh, uh left back was quite funny. Uh, but. Um, score wise, I'm gonna go two two. I think Desmond. it'll be lively. I think it'll be nervy. I think both sides will get a bit nervous. Um, but yeah, go go draw, bring us back home, and uh, yeah, that'll that'll do me. That'll do me nicely. Um, yeah, I'm pretty. Cuts, what did you say your score was? One one. So I'm the only one that's predicted the Borough win this week. Wow. That's a rarity, isn't it? And I'm the negative one, apparently. <laughs> you're, you're the bully. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's, it is what it is, isn't it? You know, I, just, I just think, you know, be a bit more... I mean, I thought Coventry would win on Monday, so, you know, I was popped back a little bit by that. So, um, I, I, I just think that, uh, you know, with with... What twenty eight thousand of their fans mm-hmm. um, really getting behind the team? Uh, Two thousand of our fans are really getting really getting behind ours. I think it's going to be a, a difficult game. It's going to be. I, I hope we get a, a good, strong referee because uh, crowds like that, when they're fired up, can can easily intimidate referees to to make, shall we say, uh, home advantage uh, decisions. So. It's going to be difficult. I still think overall Middlesbrough are the better team than Coventry, but I'm looking at the the one one scoreline, thinking, you know, if we come away with that, I'd be happy. So that that's why I've tried to plump for one one. Exactly. I'm glad you men- glad you mentioned the atmosphere there because they've had they've had some really really tough times in the last few years. Yes. In general, it's a club I've got a lot of time for. Coventry. That's that stadium on Sunday will be bouncing. So hopefully we can start off really well, keep the ball like we have been doing, score an early goal, and try and quieten them down a little bit. I think we'll. Re- I think we'll. We used to being in a, an atmosphere like that, but that that stadium will be bouncing. Their fans will be bang up for it on Sunday. Well, that's it. I mean, you, you usually you don't see their stadium bang full. It's usually around after three quarters full. It's going to be jam packed full on Sunday. There's going to be no these, you know, boil spot banners they usually have up in the corners and stuff like that. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be it's going to be packed to the rafters. It's going to be intimidating. They were loud in October when we were there. Uh, they were loud on Monday. They are going to be very, very, very lively 
Go on, Diggo. I don't know what you lads, you lads think, but I think the, the kickoff time plays a little bit in the Middlesbrough's hands as well. I'm, I'm a great believer that these early kickoffs, 12 o'clock, are a killer for supporters, for supporters. They get up for the game. I always think it's, you know, it might start off lively first 10 minutes when the game starts, but if, say, Middlesbrough took a 1-0 lead, would the Coventry supporters really be that raucous for the rest of the game? It's just, we've seen it the Riverside with early kickoffs. You get the big crowd, but it's an early kickoff, and you've got people, I know something's not right, but you get people hung over from the night before, they haven't had a beer, go to the game, they've come straight to the ground. You know, I just think sometimes early kickoffs aren't great for atmospheres, and I would far rather Middlesbrough were playing Coventry at the Riverside that the kickoff was 8 o'clock at night rather than 12 o'clock. So I think the, the kickoff time might just swing in our favour. I mean, I'll I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, I'll agree. I'll agree with I'll agree with uh, Dicko there. I think uh, I think that it, the fact that it's twelve o'clock and not three o'clock or, or five o'clock on a on a, on a Sunday um, does play in our favour a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, um, it it does a bit, but yeah, if you, you think about atmospheres, once you see our bus pull up at uh, the CBS, that'll be <laughs> lively. That'll be very lively, and I'm looking forward to it really, very, very much. Shock horror for the second time tonight. Me and Steve agree. He's talking a lot of sense there. I totally agree. <laughs> 12 o'clock kickoffs. I hate them when we're at home at 12 o'clock. They always seem flat. He's talking a lot of sense. Well done, Steve. Uh, <laughs> that, that wasn't I, condescending I at all, was it? <laughs> I, I, yes, I, don't like the, I don't like this loving now. I prefer when you're at each other's throats. Uh, I prefer when you're scrapping, are you? <laughs> Well, right. I'll finish this. I'll finish this off. This preview. So we've all put our predictions in. One word answer from the lot of you. I'll start with you, Dicko. Will you get to Wembley? Yes or no? Yes. But I can't believe you're asking me this question. I've got yes. Hundred percent. That's more than one word, but okay. John Don. Yes. And I'll stay with you, John Don. Who do we play, Luton or Sunderland? I think Sunderland. I hate you. Dick off. <laughs> Luton. Cut. Sunderland. I'll, I'll stay with you one more time. One word. Are we Premier League bound? Yes. Dick off. Yes. John Don. Yes. Lovely. There you go. Nice. Nice uplifting finish to it. I'll make a full house. Yes, I think we'll win the playoffs. And it probably was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in front of me. And yes, I'll cry my let me eyes out. It'll be great. And you won't see me for a week because I'll be that drunk. So yeah, bring it on. I can't wait. But um, one more fact before I say Riva Derchi. No, no, I was talking to this, I was talking to this with uh, with Jason last night. Um, our our. Faithful driver who's, who's obviously taking us on Sundays, took us more sort of places this season. Um, and he's going to come on for the end of the season as well. He's promised me, so you know, the words out there. The team that finished fourth last season went up. That was Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest were in the were near the bottom four when Steve Cooper took over. So we were Michael Carrick. It's all lining up. 
he said since October, we'll do a forest and we'll go up. And it's took me six months now, and I fully believe and I fully back where he's coming from, and I fully think, yeah, we're Wembley bound. And we're gonna. We, this could come back and absolutely bite us badly. But um, I know, yeah. but Steve, you, you can't you can't go into the playoff games. You, you know, not 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 after having the season we've had mm-hmm. and be anything but but positive. Exactly. I, I, we, we spoke. We've spoke over previous podcasts about yeah. um, Pulis's uh, uh, playoff games when we played Villa. I don't think any of us had a, a real sort of sense of conviction about our chances because you know we almost we almost fell out of the playoff places. We were that we were that poor with the running. Um but I just think that you know that the run we've had since um Carrick's taken over it's been absolutely fantastic. It's been a great season. Whatever happens it's been a fantastic season. And um, I want it to culminate in the Wembley win. And I'm going to give everything, everything I have um, to try and shelp my team over the line. Go on, go on, Diggo, before I put my last battle cry out. I was just going to say, I know it's cliche to say believe, but since Michael Carrick's come to Middlesbrough, he's made every Middlesbrough fan believe again that we've got a future, a genuine chance of being a Premier League team in both the way we play on the pitch and generate the atmosphere in the stadium off the pitch. And as a supporter, all you can do is believe. So we, as Middlesbrough supporters, believe that we are going to the Premier League and there's not Luton, Sunderland or anybody going to stop us. So if we're together on the pitch and off the pitch, we'll get there. So exactly. let's go. Well, he also said, you know, football fans... Are allowed to have dreams, and this is this is this is what we're dreaming. This is this is what we want, and um, you know, as 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 a group of fans, as a collective of brothers in arms, so to speak, we've got to urge our team on on Saturday, and then the following game, thirty thousand of us shouting our team on um, on the Wednesday to make sure that we. Uh, we we get to to London on the twenty seventh of May. You three now you're starting to sound like me with all these rallying calls. I've been doing this for weeks. <laughs> bring it on, lads! Bring it on. This it's, is what we live for. It's the time. Days like this is what we live for. It's the time to believe. If I, I am nervous, I won't back out of that. But it's what you live for as a football fan, and it's what I live for. And um, yeah, if you go if you're going on Sunday. One, I'll see you there. And two, get behind them boys. Give everything you got, and do the same next Wednesday. Just, just you know, I mean, yeah, we'll be we'll, we'll preview next Wednesday's game next week, but just give everything you got. One, th- I'll leave you with a quote from the great man Al- Alistair Brownley said uh, after the Brentford game before our last trip to Wembley. Our team, our town, our time. This is our time. This is the hoodoo finishes in three weeks. So get back with us next week. We'll preview the home leg and we'll we'll push you to closer to Wembley like like Michael Carrick will do with the boys. So yeah, Ariva Dirty, be seeing you up the bullet. 
Up the butter. Come on, butter. The butter boys. <laughs>